Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Trying to save some, uh, some money. I bought some shoes uh, from a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. So, so excuse me. And, you know, honestly, I used to be addicted to soap, right? But I'm clean now, okay? Okay. That's bad. That was good. I thought that was pretty good. So the last one is, what do you call a laughing motorcycle? A Yama. <laughs> so, okay, so we're getting First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, getting better in God. And really, Paul wrote to this church, they had gotten Christ in their life. And we're going to deal with that. But really, this chapter, it, it goes beyond just the foundation of Jesus Christ. So that's what we really want to do. The foundation is Jesus. It takes a second to become a Christian. It really takes a lifetime be- to become a saint, okay? It just takes a, a moment to believe in Jesus and what he did on the cross and respond to the gospel. But as we can see in, in our lives, God wants to develop us beyond just being ready to go to heaven. And that's what the Bible is there for. So uh, verses 1 to 5, <laughs> Paul deals with the carnal. And the word carnal comes in the Spanish, carne. It means meat, right? So it doesn't mean that, uh, that these people just like to eat barbecue. It's not what it's for the carnal Christians. It means that they, they, they had their thinking pattern that was just a natural mindset. It was a mindset of understanding things as you see them. Like people say, I call it like I see it. So these people weren't thinking so much spiritually, so they weren't acting spiritually. So let's see what the Bible says. And I, brethren, and he talks to them as brethren. So there's Christians. He's talking to Christians. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. That doesn't mean attractive women who got saved, okay? That means young uh, like uh, that comes from the word that you know you can't speak like babies can't articulate right they just kind of goo goo and gaga so he's saying as a Christian they just like you just got saved and then he said what do you feed babies he said I fed you with milk now it doesn't mean that he fed them at the church you know the church uh, uh, potluck with milk okay but he said spiritually I fed you with easy things I preached easy things and not with meat for hitherto or up to now, up until now, you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. So this church hadn't progressed and developed to where that they could. Now, what's meat anyway? Meat means stronger gospel truths, uh, doctrines. But some of the things in the gospel, I mean, you think, well, man, I got this stuff down. And then you hear something come across the pulpit from the Bible. And you're like, "Ooh!" I remember there was a guy that came to church and I'd preach. He'd go, amen. Amen. And then I said something and he goes, hmm. 
And that's what, why. Maybe it was some meat. Maybe it was something. I don't remember. It was just I saw him do that. And it was a different reception. It wasn't an amen. And brethren, I've heard a lot of it. But Paul said, I, I can't even give you that right now. You know, like, there's something about, say, a preacher, but why you, you preach, why do you want to preach meat? Just preach milk. Let me tell you, meat is more satisfying than milk. Now, I've seen, there's some exclusive Brazilian steak restaurants, right? Have you ever seen the Casa de Lete? What's that? Welcome to the Casa de Lete, the Brazilian milk house, right? You've never been there, right? Would you like a small, medium, or large, right? No, there's no milk restaurants, right? People wouldn't pay for that, right? But they would pay for a steak. And it's the same thing with God. God wants to get us to a place where we can get more satisfaction out of the gospel. But Paul said, I can't help you with that right now because you're at the Casa de Lete. You're at the Brazilian milk house. And all I can give you is milk, right? So, you know, you can't give a child a steak. Why? Because they, they just couldn't, they have teeth. And they would choke on it, right? And so... Paul knew the same spiritually. These people were just not able to receive bigger stuff because they'd choke on it, right? They'd get mad or something like that. So, uh, so look at verse 3. For ye are yet carnal. You're still thinking naturally. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now, in, in chapter 1, he dealt with some divisions, and we'll go over them again in verse 4. He said, One saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? Now, look, when I was in Bible school and a different preacher you know, would get up to preach, you know, there were different preachers that would preach. And then some preachers would get up to preach, and you could see the excitement, you know, and you didn't know who was going to preach, right? Everyone's wearing a suit, but then that one preacher, you see his Bible because he carried his Bible, and then, you know, he'd get up and everyone would be like, yeah, yeah, and you could tell that some preachers got more of a, an amen, kind of. That's not wrong. It's not wrong to have a preference in a preacher. It's not wrong to like a certain type of music over another type, okay? But notice this church had gotten to where I am with this preacher. You know, that's my, that's my boy. I, I'm with this preacher. He's my man. And once you kind of, you know, you, you, you separate yourself. So it starts, he said, envying is thoughts, right? Then what comes next? Strife is words. You know, it all starts as a thought. And then what's division? It's an action. So this church had started to argue about different things because they like this one or they like that one. And then the strife. Then there's a uh, people couldn't get along. And then you have people just kind of separate themselves. And... Paul said, that's not the way church folks are supposed to act. He said, verses 5 to 7, the true blessing, and Paul's trying to get him back to the original, which is the foundation. You've got to go back to the basics, right? And so Paul talks about the ministers. And he said, you know, you're claiming this minister and that minister. Let me tell you who the true source of blessing is in the ministers. So verse 5, now notice it's going to say this in verse 5, verse 6, and verse 7. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers, by whom ye have believed, by whom ye believed, 
even as the Lord gave to every man. Now notice that phrase, the Lord gave. Verse 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So there's the second verse, God gave. And then in verse 7, I'm sk- I have a good illustration that I want to share. So then neither is he that planteth anything, nor he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So verse 5, verse 6, verse 7. Where's the secret sauce? God gave the increase. And there's going to be a coming... I I remember Reverend Jones, a, a preacher I respect very much. He said, we only want to capture your attention. We only want to get you to look at us long enough for us to point you to Jesus, to point you to Him. We're not trying to get people to lift up the minister. It's really... God that makes the difference. So there was an interesting illustration. This man uh, was a missionary in Indonesia. And it's a true story. And he went to minister to this tribal people in the middle of nowhere. And it says here they were called the Kubu people. So they, they, they went into the middle of nowhere and... Uh, you know, got surrounded by these natives with spears and everything, and he didn't know how it was going to work out, but he kind of smiled at them. And these people didn't know anything, okay? But he was able to communicate to them and gave them some little gifts and everything, and then he began to attempt to tell them about Jesus. And so he said uh, he died on the cross, and he put some scriptures and the chief said what's a cross they didn't know what a cross was so he had one of the people cut down some little trees and strip the bark off and then use some grass and kind of uh you know lash the two beams together and then the missionary laid down on the cross and symbolized how jesus died on the cross and the native looked at the cross and said, how was Christ fastened to the cross? Because he was just, you know, laying on it. And the missionary said, well, he was nailed to the cross. And the chief said, what's a nail? And so there were no nails. This is in the middle of the bush, right? So he's trying to explain it and the chief can't understand. So these are very primitive people. And I'm sharing this Illustration because we need God to give the increase. It God really has to give the increase. So he, uh, you know, he broke a thorn off of a bush and tried to say it's kind of like a thorn, but it, it really, the people are watching him, but the message wasn't getting through. And he got a little discouraged. Again, the chief said, "What's a nail?" And he gave up. And uh, He basically said, man, one nail and the whole gospel presentation is lost, right? So he was dejected and he he went over to eat his dinner. It was fish and rice, right? And it was then that God reminded him of his promise. He said, have I not commanded thee be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be not dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever 
thou goest. So he kind of gets excited. He's eating his food. And, and then when he, his dessert was usually some fruit or some sugar cane, but he decided he, on one night he picked up, he had this can of oranges, right? In a can. And he usually didn't carry them because they're too heavy. But so he opened this can of oranges and poured out the oranges on his plate. And he heard a rattling sound in the can. You looked in the can. He had just bought it from like a Chinese grocery, okay? You know, some, and there was a nail in the bottom of his can of oranges. And so he took it back and he was able to show the, the chief, this is what a nail is. And the chief kind of pressed it a little bit into his hand and realized how strong it was and how much pain. Uh, it, it, the chief saw the nail for the first time. So, and, and the gospel presentation went through and uh, the chief looked up from pressing the nail into his hand and he understood the story. And it said the chief knelt on the floor and accepted Christ as his Savior. And the account says... All of the other villagers. It's like the whole village came to Jesus Christ. And I'm saying that because God made the difference. You can have the perfect message, but if you don't have that thing that God gives you, in this case, it was a miraculous presentation of a nail. Now, most times people find a nail in the bottom of their canned food, they'd be going for a lawsuit, right? But he wasn't going for a lawsuit. It was just what God ordered. God had put all that in order just so the gospel could be preached in a foreign land just at the right time. God makes the increase. So now that doesn't mean that we shouldn't respect ministers. You should. Okay, so like, yeah, I'm just going to call the ministers by their first name and slap them around. No, please. We ought to, okay? Say, so, well, I don't think anyone should be called reverend. Uh, I do. The word reverend, it just, it's a title of a clergyman. And it just means uh, it's worthy of deep respect. It doesn't mean you worship a preacher. It means that I recognize you work for God. And I respect that. That's what reverend means. It doesn't mean that you bow down and, uh, and worship a preacher. But the Bible says, so we're not supposed to worship preachers, but, and I'm not saying this for my sake. I, I, I'm respectful to preachers of any church. I don't care. Uh, if you're a father from the Catholic Church, I'm, I'm going to respect you. If you're a nun, I'm going to respect you. If you work for God, I'm going to honor that work. Because that's what the Bible says. It's the, Bible, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17, Let the elders that rule be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. So just they're working for God. Just have some respect for the work of God. That's really what it is. And then it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12 and 13, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, that work, and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So it's talking about teachers, preachers, pastors, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. So to respect the ministers and, and brethren, I respect ministers, reverend, pastors, 
And it, to me, it's just a blessing because sometimes I forget I'm a pastor. Someone I meet and they start sharing all their personal details and I'm telling my wife, why did they just tell us all this stuff? They just met us. And my wife's like, well, you are a pastor. Like, oh yeah, I'm a pastor. Sometimes you forget, right? But I was like, wow, that was a lot, you know? And, and so you hear some things as a pastor, but you don't go sharing all of them, okay? And if, if you tell me something, my wife doesn't get to hear all the stuff, okay? You tell the pastor. She's not the pastor of the church, okay? So don't talk to her with stuff that you told me and think that she knows it, okay? She might not know anything of what you're talking about. So, But verse 8, now notice the work that Reverend Patterson and I work together. Reverend Patterson comes in, he'll work on the church, and I'll come in and work on the church, and then and uh, Spencer will come in and work on the church, and other folks come in and work on Praise God, it's a team. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So we're a team. We went out soul winning. My wife and Katya went and invited some people to church, and they weren't as receptive, right? That, that, that family. Well, then David walked up, and David was in the Navy, just like the guy was in the Navy. So David offered him a card, and I'm thinking, Brother David, I didn't say it. My wife's already given him a card, but I didn't know that. She didn't. So I didn't say anything. I just shut up. And so the guy said, I'll, I'll take a card from you. I didn't know this, that he hadn't received one. And so he received one from Brother David. And, you know, sometimes you don't know what God's doing. So... They got an invitation to church and they were much more receptive because brother was in the military. We didn't know all this, but one plants and one that waters. But just like it says, God gives the increase. We're just all working together for God and it doesn't really matter who does what, right? If Sister Patterson plays, Sister Bigelow prays, Brother Patterson preaches, Brother Bigelow preaches, it's just we're all working together. Just God, I want to be part of the team. I just want to do something. You know, if it's handing out a church card, Katya said she was in the store, just handing out a church card, say, praise God. You know, let me be part of the team. Let me do something because I want God to give the increase. And I just want to be part of the team doing something for God. Amen. So, ah, praise God. We're, our, labor, our, rec- our labor is recognized. No, verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Thank God. With God, all things are possible. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. So it's a farming illustration, right? We're God's creation, but it's like we're God's crops. God is building us as people. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. That's not from Lego movie, but as a wise master builder. The word master builder comes from the Greek architecton, which is an architect. Paul said, I'm an architect for the Lord. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. You know, Moses was told, uh, the book of Hebrews says it, See, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. Moses said, I'm going to give you some plans, some you know architectural plans. You build my temple. Paul was told, I'm going to give you some architectural plans build my church. <laughs> That's what Paul gave. So all of these letters are plans on how to build a church. That's what God's used Paul for. He was the executor to lay the foundation for building God's church. And that's what all these letters are for. And we're reading one right now. And it says here, and he's writing to the church, let every man take heed, be careful how he buildeth 
there upon. So in the next things we're going to deal with is just be careful how you build onto your faith. And you know, there's a lot of churches that might get you saved, but there's more than just to God than just giving your life to Jesus. Because otherwise, why wouldn't we beamed up like Scotty? Okay, they're saved. Beam them up, Gabriel. No, that's not exactly what happens, right? We're still here. God, why am I here? Oh, there's more in the Bible, right? So it says, first of all, he goes back to the foundation, right? For other foundation, verse 11, can no man lay than is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So our faith in Jesus Christ, that's what the foundation of our faith is, right? That's the only thing that's going to stand in eternity. But second, Peter said, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So as soon as we get saved, God wants us to grow, right? Add to your faith. Add what? Virtue. And you can read in second Peter chapter one, all these things that God wants you to add. But God wants us to add things to our life. The Bible says uh, in verse 12 to 15, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Not beard stubble, but just like, you know, like the refuse of the, the plants and the crops and the cuttings from grass. Every man's work, our labor, right, our life, shall be made manifest, revealed. There'll be a revelation. Everything you've ever done, everything you've ever said, maybe even everything you've ever thought. There's going to be a rep preacher. Really? That's what it says. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Oh, I want mine on the small screen. Can you imagine that? If everything you've ever done is on the big screen up in heaven and all the friends and everyone you know is sitting there watching it, before and after, you got to say, right, everything, every man's work. The day shall declare it. There's going to be a time. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work, or judge every man's work of what sort it is. You know, it's an interesting thing. The Bible says in two places we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's what this is. And so you'll notice in verse 12, gold, silver, and precious stones, right? Those don't burn. Wood, hay, and stubble, what happens? Those do burn. And so God's going to judge. Those are kind of six different classes of, of work that we do for God. And the Bible says that there's going to be a, an inspection on our life, if you will. And only the things that are valuable to God are going to remain. So God's going to judge our work for our reward. And that's what this is about. This isn't about salvation. This is about your reward in heaven. And the character and the attitude and the heart that you have served God with. That's what it's all about. And the Bible said in verse 14, If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. You know, we're going to receive a reward in heaven for the things that we do. Say, preacher, but I'm not a preacher. Don't worry. God's not going to judge you for something he hasn't called you to do. Say, well, someone, someone's a better preacher than this one. Well, they're going to be required to preach better if God made them a better preacher. Because we're going to be each judged according to ourselves, not according to someone else. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And I was thinking about this. I was telling my wife that 
in the Old Testament, remember in the book of Daniel? Those, those, they, they were, there were those, those men that were bound up and thrown into the fire. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. But they bound them up, right? With some kind of cords or something like that. And then they looked. After a little while, they're, wait. He said, I see four men, but they're not bound. Isn't that interesting? So their, their clothes didn't burn up. But when Jesus came and the fire came, you know what was burned up? Their bonds. I see four men loose. Walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And I was thinking, you know, stuff in heaven that's just going to just be burned up and it's no good. You know, I thought he's like, it's kind of like bonds. I mean, it's just God's going to clear it out when it gets up there. But like, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if there's something that's preventing us from walking with God? If there's some wood and hay and stubble in our life, why don't we let God burn it up so that we can walk with God? Why don't we let it get burned up down here so that we can have a bigger reward up there and just walk with Jesus Christ. And you know what? It's going to take some fire. But God, if I need some fire in my life, God, burn some stuff up and help me to grow in God. So in verse 16, know ye not that ye are the temple of God. And he's talking to them. He's going to get into some real deals coming down. You can read ahead if you want. And that the spirit of God dwelleth in who? The church. No, you. The Holy Spirit dwells in your body. Now, it doesn't say you can't smoke cigarettes, okay? It doesn't say that. It's not in the Bible. But when you get saved, there's certain things that God begins to deal with your heart about. See, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to do that anymore. I remember Reverend Patterson preached, and this lady, she's Christian. She loved God, okay? After the service, she came down to pray, and then did she get up? No, she walked out. She walked out of the church, and I was like, Hope she didn't get too mad, you know. God knows. I don't take it back. I don't tell Reverend Patterson to preach. You know, he preaches. So she came back in, and she's a faithful, good sister. She actually, the drums are from her husband. Cross is from she made the cross. So, real blessing. She came down to the altar with. She came in. I guess got him out of her vehicle. She put two packs of cigarettes on the altar. You think this stuff doesn't happen? It happens, and. uh so Reverend Patterson got one pack and I got one pack. <laughs> Not really, right? I'm still tripping from my shoes, right? <laughs> but no, no. I don't even know we throw them in the dumpster. I don't know what we did. Okay. okay, but here's the thing. She's like, you know what? I got some bonds burned up. I want to be free. And she got them burned up and she just set them down and that was it. So you can't do that. You need to go through this step and that step. Why don't you go through the Holy Ghost step? And you know what? The Holy Ghost gives us power that man doesn't have. And that's what Paul is talking about. i got two minutes. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple are ye? God's not necessarily, it's not talking about that God's going to zap you with the laser beam. But in eternity, if you continue to destroy the temple of God, God will, you will be destroyed in hell. Okay, that's what... In eternity, it's not going to happen. So God's, he's giving judgment upon a sinner. Okay. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. And he continues, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. All the 
philosophers and all this other stuff. And for it is written, and it comes from the Psalms, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. You know, the best exercise program is only good until you take your last breath. You know, the best diet supplement, the best all this other stuff. It's good, but then it ends when you take your last breath. All the wisdom of the world, right? All the political parties. Say, what political party are you? Christian. I want to be Christian, all right? I'm not going to lift up a political party. That's not a political party. I just side with Jesus. Therefore, let no man glory in men. And that's what he's talking about. He said, for all things are yours. And this is how I like, I like how he ends. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, that's Peter, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come are all yours. And ye are Christ's and Christ is God's. <laughs> See what I mean? All things are yours. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for good. That means literally everything in the universe is conspiring to bless you because God's in charge of the whole universe. Really, that's what it means. And it says, to them that love God, to them that are the called according to God's purpose. And it's God's purpose that we develop, that we grow. Let's make this year a year that we develop. Develop in our emotional lives, develop in our families, develop in things that we do for God. Let's let God bless us because steak tastes better than milk, okay? Nothing against milk. Steak tastes better than milk. Amen. At this time, Brother Velez, would you curse the calories and ask the Lord to bless the food and dismiss us? I wish we had some steak. All we have is a cow back there with no legs. Ground beef, right? Anyway, so would you ask the Lord? Amen.